This time on TNT. We blow the lid off the video hit scandal. We play some reminisce songs. And am I into NASCAR? That's all coming up right now on TNT. Time to reminisce. Yeah. With Taggart and Torrance. Yeah. We're gonna. I, I'm gonna play some songs, and then you take me to the place. Yeah. They take you. Is that the first song, or that was just the theme song for the? Well, thing? it could be. Sure, it could be. Like, what does that remind you? Well, reminds, I'll tell you. Reminds me of a kid. Kids' days. Definitely. We used to um, sometimes in uh, Sherwood, PEI. The family would go out to dinner, and we'd go to the Canton Cafe, where you and I have been. Yeah. Remember, they have the great egg rolls. Um, for sure. Although, some people like the place across the street. I think the China Garden. But for me, okay. it's just nostalgia. It was Every egg roll has a bite of uh, the 1970s in it. And yeah. there was a server there who had, like, a big kind of beehive uh, do. And um, when I would go there, she would give me... Uh, a Nestle chocolate bar, like in exchange for a hug, that kind of thing. Nice. That's, so that's yeah, what it, that's what it makes that. me think of. Like we're there, we're pounding some chicken balls, a couple egg rolls, and then oh, it's a Jersey milk. That's the bar I would get. Oh in exchange yeah, for a hug for sure. or sit on my knee for a minute, Ooh. that kind of thing. And I sort of liked yeah. it, but it sort of felt weird. Yeah. Yeah. Where is she so, tonight? Yeah, that's, like reminiscing from the little river band would be a, a jam for sure just on the on the radio there did they have tunes going yeah they did and um my yeah. sister diana had a car and would sometimes drive me to school and that was the first memory i have of like little river band sticks burton cummings um and they were all eight tracks oh nice yeah like just pounding eight tracks on the drive to uh into charlottetown from sherwood okay how about this one You know that intro, uh... Wow. (laughs) Uh, Burning burning in Love by Honeymoon Suite. The nails on the bed and the album cover. I'm gonna say that reminds me of Video Hits with Sam Taylor. Nice. Do you remember... Of course, but yeah. Do you remember Sam Taylor, or do you just remember? I do Dan? remember. I remember Sam Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I probably had a crush on Sam Taylor as a kid. Yeah, as I most probably kids did too. Did. Yeah, that was a great and gig when you think about it. For sure, you could just play like was it? It was half an hour, right? So just like bang through four videos, and just like that's that. Um, Jeremy, how many video hits hosts can you name? Uh, was Stu Jeffries one of them? No, that was Good Rockin' Tonight. Good. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Rockin' Tonight. The joke was he would say, we'll be right back on Good. And it would go to commercial, and then on the other side of the commercial, he'd come back with Rockin' Tonight. <laughs> um, Video hits. I can't remember. Who was after her again? Sam Taylor. The then there was Dan Gallagher. Dan Gallagher. He was on video and hits the, before he was the, on Much Music. 
Yeah, and then he was on Test Pattern. Yeah, and and much music, and he was great. Yeah, it's great. He, could, he was one of those guys who really liked to party. He was always out there. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Um. So after Dan Gallagher was. You don't remember? Uh, video hits? Yeah, Brian oh, Elliott. Uh, Brian Elliott. See, I always get them crossed because uh, as a kid, I didn't have uh, satellite or cable, so I didn't have much music. Yeah, but that wasn't much 80s. music. I think that was No, 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 uh, no, but I'm saying cable, so I'm saying I cross-reference, like, uh, so I, I did have uh, video hits, but I... Uh, I, I kind of didn't really know a lot of those shows because also when I lived in Mansfield as a kid, I don't even think we got video hits. Right. Because it might have it been a little fuzzy. So Nothing Sam Taylor Mansfield. hosted till 1989. Oh, wow. Brian Elliott took over in 89 and then Dan Gallagher. And it was changed to Dan Gallagher's video hits. And that then And then in 1990, the series would sometimes devote a special episode to a single artist under the rubric... Video Hits Presents. Who wrote this like, Wikipedia pretty, and where do they get I'm off? Pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw, I'm pretty sure I saw like Thriller on Video Hits. Sure you did. Would take up half yeah. the episode. For sure. Um, okay. Who, do you want to go to the next one? Or you no, wanna... I want to talk about the fact that whoever wrote the Wikipedia definition for Video <laughs> Hits used the word rubric. And Instead I want to look up what it means. <laughs> A heading on a document, that's a terror. That's really obnoxious to use a word like rubric. So uh, there's actually more Canadianity to be discovered here. Uh, Dan okay. Gallagher took over after Brian Elliott. It was called Dan Gallagher's Video Hits. It was on at the same time as Good Rockin' Tonight. Then they would occasionally do an entire episode of Video Hits devoted to one artist called Video Hits presents and then video hits presents evolved into the music documentary series can you name it you guys are probably on it probably ear to the ground oh i don't know i have no idea you remember that also also there was the new music on city tv which was kind of branched from much but i that i saw more of that being closer to toronto as well but still, be fuzzy, old Channel 57 styles. Interesting. Here's something crazy, and then we can go to the next song, but this is really interesting. Um, you're not going to shout out the great Denise Donlan and J.D. Roberts well, those, and their classic stars. They're much music people, though. Um, no, but the new music, I mean, that, that show. Yeah, it's a great show. Which Strombo's great on that ended, show too. And ended up ended up in Strombo's hands. Yeah. Yes. And that that show when you were on it, you had to do you had to make it. Yeah. As in, you know, most anything that happens in that in that much environment, it's like the person talking on the camera is grinding it out afterwards. Yeah. Putting it all together. Yeah. You wore a lot of hats there. <laughs> oh man, I remember it's like Hosting the top ten, I gotta come up with a top ten. It's like, wow, man, you're doing it. If you're there, you're doing <laughs> that's, it. That's how hardcore is that for TV, man? Pretty fun job, though. <laughs> fun job, but it's like, I don't know. Like you, you figured, you you know, 
maybe put some money into some some of that to make it easier on that plus the content better overall okay i need anyway. to close the loop on this because it's gonna what? blow your mind well, uh, see we're never gonna get to the next jam. it's all right we have time all right i know the entire run of video hits no longer exists in cbc's archives Wait, wait for it. Aside from a handful of short clips available online, usually transferred from people's home VHS recordings of the show, all episodes are lost. Here it comes. Ready? This is a highly unusual practice for CBC, which unlike most networks, almost never destroyed recordings. Therefore, it is considered most likely that the recordings of Video Hits episodes were destroyed for legal reasons. Wow. Specifically... The requirements set by record labels when signing contracts with the CBC to license their music video catalogs. It's a conspiracy, CBC. So, well, God, that's what happened. All of a sudden, they had all this stuff with all this music, and they're like, yeah, but you can't play the music anymore. Yeah, because right? Universal's like, yeah, you got to pay us every oh. time. Oh, man. So here's man, an interesting thing. Stuff. Someone on uh, Twitter in the last couple of weeks was like, hey, CBC. I was on an episode of John Vision. Can you upload it? And they're like, unfortunately, we don't have the, we're not allowed to air it. So I emailed my friend Lynn Harvey, who produced the show, and was like, that's kind of weird. Why aren't they allowed to air it? She was like, I don't know. Let me ask the archives. So it turns out there are um, uh, uh, union <clears throat> issues. So if they locked, yeah, yeah, it was probably only bought out for five years or something. So if they uploaded all that stuff to Gem, they'd have to pay Uncle Jono, and they don't want to. Yeah. So unless Canada demands to see Jono Vision, it'll probably never happen. Honestly, they should have a Gem Classic because there's so much content that's great that's not doing anything. And if they're just going to cry and hide about it and just leave it and say we can't touch this at all instead of, like, letting people see. so There's stuff that we don't, you know, we haven't seen, you know, in the 60s and 70s when all the artists and comedians and and just stars all over and other walks would come to, to, uh, to Canada or Canadians themselves, the, the, the doors were open to, to creative people and they would just say, go, record what you want or let's, let's make some, some shows or you want to make them, uh, whatever you can in here, let's do it. There's just archives and archives of incredible performances. and. Well, that's what I loved about working there because yeah. especially when I was going through a Lightfoot phase, I could just go down to the archives take out like hours right hours and hours well i forget the name of the show he was on in the 60s like um uh coconut squares like one of those shows yeah Yeah, um i'm gonna look it up because he where they just like throw to him he was like a square dancer it was like his first thing on cbc and he was worried because he's like i i can sing i don't know how to square dance but i mean i'll try classic yeah i'll get whatever i can do to get going here uh country hoedown that's the show 60 to 62 wow from the vault anyway it's interesting to me that that's where some of that stuff ended up yeah glenn gould ripping it up in the studio yeah 
I'm sure they kept that. Well, they had lots of artists and musicians come in and record stuff. I wonder, like... Decades. Imagine being the person that had to destroy video hits. I wonder if they were like, I'm going to rip a VHS first. Crazy. (laughs) Anyway, there you go. Okay, what's the next jam? The next jam. Well, let's get it going here. It is one of your favorite artists. I'm going to try and cue it up close to the what I would think is the chorus. Are you just guessing by where in like 52 seconds? <laughs> oh, I went a little too far. I do a mean Sade. I'm going to tell you exactly where I am. Okay. When I moved to Halifax, um, I decided to make a, a fashion change, and I went from UPEI sweatpants <laughs> to Le Chateau. And there was a Le okay. Chateau on Spring Garden Road. There was a guy who worked there named Condon McLeod, who actually became a real good buddy of my mom's. And one of those like dudes around town who like started a teen club with like uh, rock bands, like like just really gave a cool social outlet to teenagers in town who were kind of restless and treated them like adults and was just one of those like way ahead of his time awesome dudes so this song i'm in le chateau on spring garden road the music's blasting and i'm coming out of the dressing room in like um suspenders and plaid pants and um tricolor high tops and all the 80s so what is this like your your first like I'm getting clothes, or is this like a, like a normal week? Like I'm just this is what me getting clothes. No, this is like uh, it, it, a transformation moment. Like I want to go out and get clothes. Yeah, or? sure. The, the first thing that happened when I moved to Halifax was I got a decent haircut for the first time in my life. Yeah. Um, so once I had some good hair going, and you know, you start a new school as you did a bunch of times too. You can sort of reinvent yourself a little bit and think like, yeah. who who am I here? But I went from like street hockey suburbs, knew everyone in my village, to living in an apartment building in a city where I knew no one in the summer. Um, so that was a pretty crazy adjustment. Yeah. So yeah, you had to get some threads. Had to get some good threads going. <laughs> yeah. So what do you it was was it vibrant? What the, the threads? Stuff? Yeah, was it like all just like bright colors? Yeah, it was like... um, Sweaters with like bright colors and... Yeah, sweater vests and and ties. With some leather on there. Yeah, wore uh, like color blocking. Yeah, some of those like t-shirts that change colors. The Varnays. I didn't have those. (laughs) I I was always like stylish adjacent. (laughs) Like everyone had a, a what are they far west jacket and I had a Sierra designs like any sort any, of any cool clothes I had were hand me downs from like Elliot and Fraser my cousins yeah <laughs> so it was like if it was one of those shirts that didn't work anymore the color changers yeah I had like a cool Coca Cola rugby shirt where it's like wow where'd you get that shirt <laughs> like hand me down styles. Cousins hand me downs. <laughs> Cousin hand me downs. It's a very specific breed of hand me down too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He always had good stuff. Okay, hit me with the next jam. This is fun. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Um. What the fuck is this? <laughs> My definition of a boombastic jazz style. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is like 1989, 90. Sure it is. It's Dream Warriors, my definition of a boombastic jazz style. Yeah. I'm more of a Ludi guy if we're putting it all out there. <laughs> no, I... Ludi was a jam. Well, we've played Ludi on the pod before. Have we? Yeah. Obviously, I love my definition but... because it samples the theme song from Definition. Um, yeah. Jim Perry. Yeah. Which is, yeah, like that's a classic, classic only Canadian in, show. only Canadian show that was not on anywhere in America. Classic Canadian show. <laughs> I would say with this, this is like um, Saturday morning watching much music, waiting for Speaker's Corner to come on, and this is like a video that they played uh, all the time. Yeah, they're Canadian, right? Dream Warriors. Yep. And yep. he had the stick. The stick, the staff. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, they were great. Did you ever cross paths with the maps? I don't, I don't think so. Maybe at like early Much Music Awards, maybe. Yeah. And if I ever, if, if I ever did, it would be like a hey bud, like how's it going? Good on, man. Those early, early Much Music Awards were insane because there was no stages or anything. Bands were just set up amongst people. In rooms, no. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like it's just, you know, you play and then you've got to set up and move in another just to get a different look, right? A different feel. So like, it was pretty bizarre. Yeah, but whatever, they made it work. Did you see some? Uh... But people would just get really banged up. It was classic. Everybody was just so banged up, and then they would go to an after place and they would get even more banged up. Just get wild. Just get wild. The thing that I liked about um, Much Music is that it was obviously warts and all in the early days, and that was kind of the thing that was different about it. But you always got the sense anything could happen, and I love when you're watching Rick the Temp, Michael Williams walks by in the background. Yeah. Like, no way, there's that sure. other guy. It's crazy. Yeah, those, those were uh, some crazy parties. Did they have, so like, did get... they bring in the big American names then? No, not not early, early on. There was no, was like, only... yeah, Vanilla Ice is here. No, no, it was only Canadian bands, really. Like, I don't remember anything bigger than, like, the biggest Canadian bands. So what was the early, pecking order? Early days. But then it became, once it became massive, it was the other way around, obviously. What the was pecking the pecking order? order? Yeah, like, who are the kings or well, queens? I mean, we... We went from like this tiny room to like the huge stage, and but like by the time we were headlining it, that was just about the time they started bringing in international acts. Right. So eventually, you, you know, it's like the biggest thing. You how do you compare when it's, it's they're bringing in massive artists from around the world? But it was always a, it was always a good time. Um, did you ever think like about any of those things at the time? Like, oh man, we've done it the last three years. Do we have to do the Much Music Awards? Oh, for sure, definitely. And so, were those things banned conversations? 
No, you just kind of. Uh, but the, the thing about us is, we we. Uh, I think there was enough time between records. It was never like, oh, we just did that. There was always a good amount of time, and we were always conscious never to tour the country more than once a year on an an album. Oh yeah. So yeah. So in that sense, we probably underdid it, and we could have definitely played more, but. There's definitely overdoing it. You don't want to do that where you play 14 times a year no. in your home hometown. And it's like no one's coming anymore. Like eventually you're going to start wearing yourself out. Is there like a, um, notorious over-tourers? Uh, yeah. Who are the I'm, like, I'm, oh I'm, man, they're like, out again? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like people who have a hit and they go out and they're banging in a big place and then they just keep banging because people will buy tickets so eventually it's like uh they wonder why they're not playing an arena if they just keep coming back and doing like you know three nights in a 2,000 seat place because they should should have held off and just done the one tour and then they could have done an arena but who that's, that's what happens who has a reputation of being like not over touring, but being like notorious road banger. Like who's work road bangers? Yeah. Well, there's some bands don't give a shit. They just go out and they play anyway, uh, as many times as they can, because that's what they do. But I mean, unless you have a uh, a following around the world, and you can kind of keep up. I don't know. It's uh, some 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 bands. It's like a literally a lifestyle, and they have to keep going. Right. But, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, there's a lot of bands that are, if, like, that are more seasoned bands that just go out and they probably made, they probably tour once a year, once every two years, but there's like a, a healthy routine that they go through that makes sense for them. And they, if they know their audience, you know, if they have an understanding of what their audience wants and, I mean, if you have an opportunity to go in a different, if you open up for somebody else, and that's you always can do that till the cows come home. But if you're doing your own shows, you're uh, best to be just doing that once on a record or once on a, a cycle. And if you're older, I don't even know what the hell. If I was a band that like <clears throat> was like a classic band, like like a type of an OLP type. Not OLP specifically, but the, uh, if I was a, a band like that, I would uh, I would just kind of play play shows and tours and somehow find ways to uh, maybe have one song or something. Because mm. you see a lot of bands that do that. I think Counting Crows do that, where it's just they'll have a song and they'll find like an ad on TV and they'll go and tour based on one song as opposed to you know making a whole album there's a, you know it's there's a, there's a lot of ways to to go th- through it and or people some bands just want to keep making records cuz they like the feeling of that and their fans actually dig records hey jerry if you have a big if you have a big enough fan base then they appreciate the whole albums. Would you... Um, some, some people just want to come see the hits, and that's the end of that. Would you jump on uh, Counting Crows tour right quick? I'd be 
pounding Mr. Jones. It's been a every night. long December, and there's resentment. Yeah, I'd, I'd be hearing this all day. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the end of long December. Drove up to yeah. Hillside Manor sometime after two a.m. and I talked a little while about the year. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. I remember like. Uh, when I hear those songs like Long December and that, I just think it reminds me of like doing pre-production at at Sony, the, the actual Sony building on Leslie where they manufactured CDs. So they had like a sound stage you could practice in, but like going to the bathroom, you look and they're like, you see, you know, clumsies getting made. That must be quite a rush. It's pretty, well, it's, it's, uh, it definitely feels like you're feeding the machine in that regard. You know, like you don't feel like it's like, hey, you know, we've got this thing in the band. Like when you see the actual... Making sausages? Uh, yeah, it just kind of takes away a little like bit. Gork, like it really, it, it, gork, it just fe- gork. It feels so big and corporate. But but that they would have much music always playing. when I, So I'd be like walking to the can and, and I, the, the, all the songs from that era... That year, those years, like what? What is that? Ninety six, seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. I just remember like walking down that hallway and hearing them on the on whatever the hit thing is on much music. It's been a long December. <laughs> and there's it's like I'm, I'm going to take a piss and I'm coming back. Um, that what guy's dating resume <laughs> oh, that has guy. bananas. Yeah, like I'd put that guy up against anybody in the world yeah. in terms of. The, the amount of celeb- different celebrities he slept with. Like, first of all, the cast of Friends. <laughs> yeah, right. Just, like, uh, collected them all. And then yeah. there's always weird ones like, wow, Chelsea Clinton. I didn't know that. <laughs> like, he had some uh, far-reaching tentacles. Well, I think I made up Chelsea Clinton. Adam yeah, Dervitz no. is his name, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Well, I don't, I don't, is, yeah, I guess you could just kind of look at it. Yeah, up. the first prompt that comes up is girlfriends. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, Christina Applegate, Winona <laughs> Every, Ryder. Everyone, every female, like, television person. Mary Louise in. Parker. <laughs> Emmy Rossum. Lamb of God. What is his thing? Samantha Mathis? Wow. <laughs> and probably a lot of like sidey sneakies as well. Sneaky right? sidos? <laughs> Part of the parties and stuff. Drove up to Hillside, man. <laughs> Some time after Sli- 2 a.m. <laughs> Slipping in the closet. Monica Potter. <laughs> um, this is outrageous. It's like a... It sounds like like you're reading an award show. I know. Please welcome Courtney Cox, Winona Ryder, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, and Mary Louise Parker. <laughs> he's he's standing up on stage. Yeah. Um, Trishelle, I think she was a she was a reality <laughs> show star. Christina Applegate, like this guy is outrageous. <laughs> This is so funny. Um, I remember, I remember being at the Viper Room one night, and 
to Christina Applegate was there, and I was ordering a drink, and I just said, hey, how's it going? And, like, she was, like, really mean to me. I was like, listen, I don't, I'm not asking you anything. I was just saying hello, for fuck's sakes. You don't have to be so mean to me. One of the What did she things. say? I don't know, but this get away from me is what I don't know what it's something. No. Like yeah. I was like, man, I didn't even say anything. It's like, wow. Tightly wound. Christina Applegate. Yeah. Really? She's so good on that show. That's why with I, Wilma that's from generally uh, why I whatever that is. I, that's why I generally try not to talk to uh celebrities i generally try not to too because it seems to be just like some drama that i don't know what's going on but no thanks in public spaces um okay so here's a question adam dervitz has dated those people john mayer has dated aniston jessica simpson minka kelly from friday night lights and jennifer love hewitt I don't even know who that is. Whose dating resume is more impressive? Well, like I said, they're both out on the road constantly. What does that mean? So who? Well, whatever. They're just doing that all the time. I don't know if they're single still or what, but like the continual uh, madness. I know, but then it's like... Then so suddenly it's like Adam Duritz <laughs> is fifty four dating Vanna know, White. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, no, man? I, I don't know. I don't know. Drove up to Hillside <laughs> Manor. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I, like if some, someone's like, man, I'm, you know, people are like, yeah, I'm having sex all the time. It's really just can't get enough. Like, it's like I don't need to hear that shit. Round like, here. <laughs> Um, you know what I mean? Like that type of conversation. I love that the internet has questions like, are the Counting Crows a good band? Like someone would go to the internet to find, to get the answer to that question. Are they a good band? Jeremy, answer that question. Sure, of course. Any band uh, that's had that kind of a career where they're out there crushing Crush first, but they crush sales. They cr- and the, they they pack places all the time. So yes, they're a good band. Yeah, for sure. Why not? Hmm. You don't think so? Their first couple records are pretty solid, man. That uh, it's not bad for. They came out of the gates pretty good. Yeah, they, uh, they were pretty good live. I'm just surprised to hear you say that if they can well, sell out arenas, like that's the metric. <laughs> It's not Simon and Garfunkel, but like I'm just saying, they had a strong <laughs> first couple records. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, they're kind of like maybe not as I I wouldn't say as I like them as much as REM, but they're kind of like that kind of vibe. Oh, the slowly deep set hollow. Um, which band for your money uh, never got their due? There's so many. Who's the best band that should be household names, but for whatever reason aren't? I don't know, man. Uh, Because I think every every uh, because there's lots of bands that I respect musically that that uh, are outworking. I wish we're all rich. 
So it's like uh, th- there's other bands that like I I think the odds should have been a lot bigger. Same, than <clears throat> right? Like they were such a great live band, great players. They had really like catchy, great songs. My doobie-eyed Madonna. And, uh, I just I thought they should have had a way bigger career. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. Sloan should should be a worldwide great rock true known story rock band. Like there's hit lots of them. factory. Even even tragically hip, like outside of Canada, it's just you'd think they would have more of an impact in America. What kind of um... they do? They do, and there's a lot of people that they had a lot of fans in a lot of cities. But it just, uh, I don't know why they didn't translate on the same level in Canada. I mean, you could say the same about OLP in a lot of places. We did do well in America and, and pretty well in Europe, but um, not, nothing in comparison to Canada. But <clears throat> I'm just talking about when a band has success in one place, and you wonder why it doesn't translate. There's just, there's a ca- countless amount of Canadian bands that have that. Heterosexual Man by Odds is a great song. Also, mm. Craig, what's Craig's last name? He plays with Stephen Page. North, North. Craig, Craig Northy, yeah. Like yeah. so yeah. many people in music are uh, like talk about him with reverence. Mm-hmm. And he's yeah, they're all. They were all like seasoned great players. But but was it Stephen who sang the um like <clears throat> heterosexual man? Is that Stephen? I th- I think so. Yeah. Well, if you watch the uh, the videos, you'll uh, know. Right. Eat my brain. That's Stephen. Yeah. Um, phenomenal band. Love that band. Earworm Farmers from way back. For sure. Um, you ready for the next jam? Yes, I am. And I want to. I'm excited up? to talk about NASCAR. <laughs> okay, after this song. Okay, hit me. This is like water slide music. Going up the going up the the steps to the water slide. Dancing across town? I bet she used to dance across town. No. I definitely used Imagine. to dance to this. <laughs> In junior high, I would leave the dances soaked from dancing. Oh, yeah. Every, unless you're... You, yeah. Yeah. What year is that? You gotta get it. You gotta get in there. I'm gonna say, like, what, 83 or something? 82, 83? Okay, so I would have been... Just about to start junior high. I mean, the first thing that popped into my head was a junior high Maybe dance later, at Derby Junior High. But the most recent version of this song was a cover by Blake I, Shelton. I remember dancing to that song, even in like grade six, jamming out. Yeah, we had a sock hop in grade six. <laughs> the side steps dancing. Yep, slow shuffle. Just getting right into things, just enjoying your day, having a great day, dancing to tunes. Um, that one doesn't. And then some, some, some stupid dirt balls had to get, get us ended. They ended the dancing. There ain't no dancing anymore. 
I know. You can't dance in class. You can't go. Like, you're not really allowed to, to like, there's like a, it's kind of like Footloose? prison rules. No, like playgrounds at the school. It's kind of like prison rules. You know, they don't want to see anyone with their arms out and touching anybody else. You got to keep your hands to yourselves. Is that because of the Covum or because of uh, just uh, generally? No, this was, <coughs> this was prior to, this is more just to do with like fights and physical issues and, you know, something someone getting hurt. Like don't be touching people. Yeah, keep your hands off that person. Like it's one thing to like high five or would be hanging out, but like no wrestling, grabbing, like prison styles. Keep your hands rocked to him. So there's no like, what is that game when you're on top of the mountain? You have to like everyone comes up, you have to chuck them down. No, yeah, you can't play any of that really? stuff for sure. Yeah. No way. What about Red Rover? I don't know. I don't think anything. I remember back in the day playing football and just getting crushed. Yeah. Yeah, and then even if it was well, two-hand touch, you could still use your two hands to pull someone down by the, the shoulder no, but, blades. And there were fights all the time. So it's like uh, now it's just bullying, incessant bullying, which is almost worse. You don't see the fighting as much, but you hear the taunting and the chirps. How? Oh, kids chirp hard, man. Do they? They'll make fun of a kid for having an old phone and just... Cr- no. Oh, yeah, whatever it is, they'll find ways to just make someone's life crappy. It's the worst. Wow. They're out there, man. They're out there. Um, Indigo's class, they got to do a presentation yesterday about something about them, yeah. themselves, and uh, um, she took her phone collection. She's been collecting phones since she was about two. And everyone in the family knows when they're finished with an old phone, they give it to Indy. And she's really interested in gadgets. She doesn't have a phone that works yet. Has she started has she started to like look for other ones? Other old phones? Yeah, well she's um she watches this guy named Mr. Who's the Boss, who's this British dude that is a tech reviewer. And like that's what she'll watch just to enjoy. He'll buy like here, I bought cool. the 50 tiniest phones. I bought the five most expensive phones. And he just reviews them. Yeah. Like, she's just really into phones. Interesting. Curious. Because uh, uh, John collects old uh, video game consoles and stuff. Does he? Like, not not a ton, but, like, he keeps his... He, he has certain things he likes, but his, his room now, he's got all kinds of, like, old games and old consoles. It's pretty cool. Um... You know when you go into a, a used game or or even a video game store and you see behind the glass like all the old stuff? Yeah. It, it it that's that's John's room now over the last like I don't know, almost 10 years I Can guess. he play them? Like can he play with them or Yeah, they're... yeah, they're all yep, yep, they're all they're all usable everything. Crazy. So yeah, he'll fire up an old an old you know, original PlayStation or the Nintendo originals or the, I don't know if he has Atari, but he's got a lot of like, just kind of the stuff from the eighties and on. Wild. I would like to have like, Ed has a bunch of those, right? A bunch of like pinball machines and stuff. I'd like to have like a Miss Pac-Man or something. He has a uh, he has he has new pinball machines, not old. I thought he had like a bunch of classic old pin. He's like, no, no. He's got like the 
cutting edge, coolest. Like he's a geek, like a full on pinball nutcase. Like a wizard of sorts, would you say? A pinball wizard, yeah. But he's got <clears throat> groups of friends that like buy and collect and trade these things. It's a whole world. It's pretty interesting. And then he know, but not to mention he knows how to fix it all, right? Like he can. He does. Yeah, he can open it up and upgrade it or find out what's wrong with it. It's a whole new world. Yeah. Um, well, it's a good thing you immerse yourself in uh, stuff that you dig, right, or whatever your interests. And uh, he's lucky enough to have uh, had a great career to be able to, to do that. And that's awesome. I get it. Yeah. What is the... I know they sometimes take pinball machines on the road, right? <laughs> what is the... I think he's got a bunch on the road, yeah. What is the greatest extravagance of any touring act you've ever heard? What is it like? Apparently they have a... I don't know, massage room or... Well, well, like, bands would take motorbikes out and, like, you know, cabanas and, like, uh, setups for, like, so they could, put, you know, have a literal... look like a dining room all of a sudden outside of the bus. That's pretty fun. You know I mean? So it depends on cars, bringing out cars, just, like... An extra semi just for a car. Like I'm gonna take my car on the road. Yeah. Let's see. That's awesome. Well, I mean, it's if you're gonna be spending money, I'm sure nowadays it must be way crazier than that. But that's the only like uh, and I uh, I think like for us it was like maybe you could bring a set of golf clubs. <laughs> but real estate was at a premium. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's only four bays underneath, and you don't want to be bringing too many bags. Like, one bag on the bus and everything else underneath. You can't be bringing bikes and frickin' scooters and... Fortunately, your um, Adidas shorts were tiny. Yeah. My fiance. Um Okay, so Jeremy, uh, is, yeah. is that it for jams? No, here's another okay, one. Okay, You want it? Too bad, Doug and the Slugs. Classic. <laughs> what are you doing to this? I know you don't probably like. It's not like something you necessarily listen to, but it takes you somewhere. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. I'll tell you exactly where. <laughs> okay. Um. Brackley Beach. NPEI. Um, yeah. My friend Jason Lee, who was a um, great friend with a great sense of humor, someone I haven't seen in a while, but solid dude. Um, uh, he would sometimes come to the beach with me and uh, uh, my sister, or I'd go with his family, and he'd take a transistor radio or a tape player, um, and we'd listen to tunes like Huey Lewis in the News and Doug and the Slugs. So I'm uh, eight, ten years old on Brackley Beach in PEI. People from my school there. Water's warm. Nice summer day. That's what that reminds me of. Nice. Okay, I have one last one. 
And this is kind of one of those ones that it's like, uh, it just, it was, it was definitely a, 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 an era because it never, I don't think it was a big other than anywhere other than Canada, but it's a classic. Remember the last of the Red Hot Fools? Sure do. <laughs> So hey, the jitters, the jitters, Blair Packham and the boys. What year? Because um, I know where I think I heard it. I know where it took me immediately. I think it's like 87 or something, 86, 7 around there. That's my guess. Because the first thing wrong, that but... popped into my head was skate country in PEI. Roller skating. Um... The cool kids could skate backwards. Uh, so if you could yeah. skate backwards, you could kind of waltz on roller skates. Otherwise, you skated holding hands around in a circle. Um, I couldn't skate backwards. Uh, so I, I remember skating around forwards, uh, holding hands sometimes. Um, but that mostly I skated by myself. Um, that's where I went in my mind. So skate that number skate I remember those skating rinks being a big deal. That was the roller skating big out. time. Especially because yeah. there was like uh um like that uh when like when it was dark, what is that called? You know like Oh the whatever, they'd have the disco jam. Yeah, yeah, but if you're wearing a white dark. t-shirt it would like glow. What is that called? Oh the the fluorescent Yeah, yeah, light. fluorescent lighting. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if somebody had a had a mess on their shirt and it looked brutal. But, or their teeth were all crazy looking. Classic. Yeah, but when uh, like when they turn the lights down, like things people get right into things, I think, in the shadows. Yeah. In the... <laughs> yeah. That's where it took me. Like like your, like Chubby Sparkles. Yeah, get time right some, into things. Time for some shadow work. Um that's great. Um, those were great picks. I'll tell you, you texted me beforehand and said, I have this idea for a game. It's all about recollections. And I was like, well, it, it only works if there's songs that I've heard of. Because I imagine you playing songs that I hadn't heard of and, and they wouldn't inspire reactions. So yeah. before we move on, let me just say, thank you, sir. I really enjoyed that. Those songs all did trigger visceral yeah. reactions to a different time. That was really fun. No problem. Yeah, I figured they would. I... I, I uh... I wasn't going to pick any weird ones. Yeah. Like, I figured it was going to be like Cooch Jujuruju on the Chapman stick. Come on, man. You don't In know that this regard, one? In that regard, then it would be like, I'm going to play you something that I probably know you don't know. And just for a reaction, which wouldn't be as fun. Right. It's more about taking you back. Taking you back. Right. I liked it. it. Like, so I got some, uh, I'm packing it up here, getting ready for things. Good times. Taking measurements was just at the house last week for the last time before we take uh, ownership on the thirtieth. Any regretskis? No, none. Just uh, excited to to get into things. We're really uh, we're amped up to get get ready and settle in and uh, and move on. We got a lot of work to do at the beginning just to get it 
set up. And of course, you know, um, the the wonder of the, the the supply of everything. There is there is no supply. Like even if you you want an, a a kitchen from IKEA, you can't get a, a kitchen from IKEA. Oh, it's no months. joke. Yeah. So, um, whatever we can't get on auction and find, like for uh, flooring or whatever, then we'll just uh, go in and 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 go as we go, as opposed to thinking we could do more before we move in. So it's more. It's fine though. It's all good. I was in a, a, a furniture store the other day um, looking for a fridge for my sister, and the guy said, fridges and stoves are six months out now, yeah. and furniture companies have stopped even estimating because it's supply supplier issues for them, like the foam factory is behind or yeah. the staple place is. Um, just mm-hmm. hard to predict. And it's also an important time to remember what is actually a problem like you know um yeah it's not a problem it's a luxury to be able to put new flooring down but it does make you think you should plan ahead this guy was saying that people are planning to do renovations next summer and have already ordered appliances and furniture uh and paid for them yeah, well you, just so they'll hang on to them well if you want to get stuff done next summer you have to kind of do it now that's the, where crazy stuff it is so unless you can source it out in other ways and even now i've noticed the auctions are way higher across the board Curious. and lisa was telling me the same thing that auctions like stuff that you could get for a song is now going for a regular price so i guess it's just people have found it out <laughs> enough people have not been able to get anything so the auctions have become part of you know the normal routine now for a lot of people which makes sense but the secrets out there. You put it out there. You people, put it out there. People like me. I didn't say the name of the place. Do you mean people like me? Like people like you or people who are like oh, me? People people that are like oh. like Lisa more than me. That that are just into sourcing stuff more than what you can if you can't find it. Auctioncityusa.ca. She's 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 sourced uh, uh, some nice wide plank flooring for three bucks a square foot, which is insane. Where? Industrial wide plank. I'm not sure what kind of wood it is, but it's... Doesn't matter. I love me a wide yeah. plank. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not even going to say where. My little apple farm in uh, is, outside of Windsor, Nova Scotia, had 14-inch planks. Ooh. Little semi-transparent, Ooh. colored stain. Yeah. Boom. Jeremy, I want to talk about NASCAR. Boom. Oh, yeah. Let's hear about NASCAR. So my father-in-law watches NASCAR. And I have watched it before a few times. And for the layperson, it's a bunch of cars that sort of look the same going around in circles. Going left. Yes. In a circle. But it was Father's Day. And so we were watching the U.S. Open was on. And NASCAR was on. And for some reason, the drama of this NASCAR race, which I'm told was maybe the least exciting race in a long time because it was a clear winner all the way through. Yeah. There was so much drama going on. So obviously the person who crosses the finish line first wins. That much we know. (laughs) But there are two factors at play in NASCAR. 
One is fuel and the other is tires. And a number of factors dictate when you pull in to change your tires. And um, there's science to it and math. Um, So for example, if there are 10 laps left and your tires should probably be changed, if you don't change them, a tire could pop and then you hit the wall and you're done. So it's all all this kind of risk-reward stuff of like, if you take your foot off the gas for a bit, we can conserve gas for a bit um, so that we don't have to stop in and fuel up. This was the thing that happened in the NASCAR race that blew my mind. You ready? Okay. Guy's driving. He's in first place. (laughs) Um, He's about to lap somebody. They think he has enough gas. I think there was like 10 laps or so, uh, so left. He's about to lap somebody. Uh, They think he's good for tires. They think he's good for gas. It's going to be close, but they think he's good. Out of nowhere, debris lands on the grill of the car. The debris is blocking the air intake and therefore messing with the productivity of the car. So I I don't know enough about it, but maybe it's using more gas suddenly because less air is getting through. So that would impact the amount of gas they have for him to get to the finish line. And is this going to, um, uh, you know, ruin his chances of winning or should he stop? And so they can get the debris off or what do they do? So here's what they did. His crew boss. Now I'm just making up terms, talks to the crew chief of the person he's about to lap and says, Hey, can we work out a thing? Obviously, air goes in the front of the car, exhaust blows out the back. Can we work out a thing where my guy who's in first pulls up close behind your guy who's in last and his exhaust will blow the debris off the front of my grill? And the guy in last place is like, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're not going to win today. Sure, let's. we can do that. So watching these guys drive at 170 miles an hour... And come, it's like when you know when you see those planes um, yeah, yeah. Uh, gassing, gassing up, up in midair, yeah. like the precision yeah. and skill involved, and and margin for error, which simply doesn't exist. Yeah. Anyway, it's not something you can do on the four hundred. Exactly, it worked. It nice. worked. The guy in last really? place blew the debris off the guy in first place's grill, and, and he, he won. Away yeah, he burled away. Nice. So. I guess the reminder for me was, like anything, sometimes the more you know about it, the more interesting it is. It's like people that aren't familiar with golf or the history or the players or whatever, watching the U.S. Open would be Snore City. But if you know that someone has a chance to win for the second year in a row or hasn't won in a while or is rivals with the guy in his twosome, then yeah. it, it's so much more interesting to watch. Yeah. Jets, my brother Jets loves his NASCAR. Does he? Yeah. Well, he's a car guy too, right? Yeah. He's a big car. He knows about cars. But uh, yeah, he's always watching it for sure. Well, it's interesting his because apparently son Doug loves they it. used to draw like 100,000 people to the races and now they're drawing like 30 so the sport is at kind of a crossroads where um, they're going to have to entertain the notion of hybrid cars or electric cars to try to court a younger generation of they're, fans. They're really, they're really down in that many people. 
Like for real? Apparently. There's, that's got nothing to do with like just because of the. See, they need more. Stamina. Well, I'm sure that didn't help, but I. It sounds like their core audience is aging, and they're not having uh, this younger younger fans. generation is not kind of jumping in to the degree that they hoped or needed. Yeah, interesting. So something that they've always done is made their drivers very accessible, and um, you know they're very media savvy, and um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the future of NASCAR looks like. And wouldn't it stand to reason that just as I'm getting into it, ah, interest in it's going to evaporate. <laughs> but it was in Nashville for the first time in, I think, 20 years. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. When are you going to be going back to Nashville, do you think? I don't know. When do Maybe. you think the border to the States is going to open? I don't know. Uh, end of summer, maybe? August? September? Yeah. When do you think um, we should have a? Well, I don't know. Like, estimate. would you go to the states August if the middle? kids weren't vaxxed? <clears throat> uh, how does that work? Well, John and Jack are, and they will be second vax soon. So yeah, probably. Crazy. Because um, in a lot like most places, everyone's vaxxed as well, and the numbers are are down, showing the same. You know, this the obviously it's a lot safer. If if everybody's been vaccinated, the, the numbers come down, and it's, it's safer to travel as opposed to. Uh, you know. What a donkey uh, clinic out here <laughs> with the border opening between New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. Oh, that, yeah, can you have to explain that for the bods because, uh, yeah, that, that was pretty bizarre. So basically, a bunch of dum-dums showing up there are four premiers involved obviously nova scotia newfoundland new brunswick and pei and the four of them were kind of on the same page about um let's open the atlantic bubble on june i think it was the 27th and then they were like you know what numbers are good how about the 23rd and then new brunswick was like yeah let's do that also we're opening to the rest of canada and then nova scotia was like oh um huh that's okay that's a bit weird because um, we hadn't really talked about it. So it was hard to tell what was science and what was kind of a political shoving match between Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. Meantime, these um, uh, folks uh, from like Oxford and Amherst, Nova Scotia, blocked the highway from Nova Scotia to New Brunswick. And the woman who organized the uh, blockade was like, um, by the way, I've traveled to Ontario 10 times during this and never self-isolated and then started yelling about the poison that the government put in people's bodies. And I was surprised mm -hmm. that someone driving a Saturn can just decide to block the highway. And then people are like, oh, okay, the highway is blocked. I'm surprised yeah, it lasted as long as it did. I know. And then well, people are, Polite, I guess. People are polite and and people are um, furious too, but I don't think they got the support that they imagined. It didn't seem to be very well thought out. And then suddenly, um, lobster companies were like, uh, "Sorry, we have a truck with nine hundred thousand dollars worth of lobster in it uh, waiting to get through." Yeah. Um, yeah. What can are you, you do move, now? please? So they started yeah. arresting masks last night. <laughs> which they should i mean this yeah. tinfoil yeah. hat woman who's uh yeah. you know 
the premier's last name is Rankin, and she kept calling him Ranklin. Rankin is easily the most famous surname in Nova Scotia, and she didn't have that down. She seemed really um, not sure of the details, but people are just yeah. at the end of their noodles. Well, when all their they keep talking about freedom and my where's my freedom, like get out of town. Yeah. that's when it's like t- ticket time, man. Move on. Get you go home and come. government shouldn't be get able to ba- tell us. What get to back. Do. Get back on Facebook where you belong. That's actually maybe a <laughs> great place to leave it. Through. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Get back on Facebook where back. you belong. Yeah, but enjoy. Enjoy the summer as it is. Yeah. It's beautiful today. Going to be playing some baseball with the kids. Are you? Trying to keep up. Yeah, Lisa and I more are actually playing baseball in the park while they hang out. But we're uh, trying to keep on the 10,000 steps train. Oh, all four of the, us uh, have Fitbits going. That's the biggest oh, nice. joy in the day yeah. when you hit your 10,000. <laughs> That's awesome. Indy's playing soccer and Shug and I have been playing a lot of catch. Summer vibes, buds. Wicked, yeah. Well, enjoy your uh, the rest of the week and say hi to everybody. You too, bud. Hey, buds. Hey, bud. Hey, bud. Hey, bud.